right, everybody. Welcome to another League One on the Rocks. Week three is in the books, so we're going to be chatting about that. We have a special guest tonight. As you can see at the bottom of the screen or wherever he is on, on your screen at home, we got Brandon in the house, man. This is awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's oh, awesome. Well, to have well, thanks well, for joining. That was awesome work. So I'm really glad to be here. And well, we're glad if, to have you. If any of you at home cannot tell what's happening right now, we're going to be talking about League One tonight. And each of us is wearing our respective Premier League clubs <laughs> tonight. <laughs> totally unplanned as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The weirdest part. <laughs> Well, there was a lot of action in week three, but before we get too far, guys, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I got bush lights again. I yeah. have a ton in my fr uh, fridge still, so I'm working on those guys. I am drinking chocolate milk. There you go. Dude. <laughs> so oh, man. Yeah, Brandon, we you were already one of my favorite people, and now you just became a little bit higher on that list. <laughs> no, I, uh, we have a local creamery that like we buy all of our milk from, and they happen to sell chocolate milk, and uh, that made me sound really bougie. We, we have a, <laughs> a local creamery. Um, it's like the one fancy thing I buy uh, is milk, and uh, but they have like you can get half gallons of chocolate milk. Wow! And I was getting milk last friday and it was staring me in the face and i was like am i gonna make the right decision or am i gonna not buy milk yeah chocolate milk am i not am i gonna not buy chocolate milk the right decision is to buy the chocolate milk obviously every time um, yeah. yeah so this stuff's crazy though it's literally like drinking a milkshake it's it's nuts so give well, a shout out to him where'd you get it from happy cow there you go. Happy, Happy Cow Creamery. Oh my Perfect. god! They, like they need any help. They they probably need me to not talk about them. They're they're always busy. Can't keep when up. When the day comes that when the day comes that I finally get myself down to Greenville, I'll head out to uh, Happy Cow. They give tours. The whole nine. It's a it's a crazy operation. Yeah. Even better. So tonight I am drinking Woodman Woodsman Porter. Yeah, this one is from uh, Hood River, Oregon. That's fantastic. Hood River. Yeah. That's Never favorite. heard of it. <laughs> Never, heard. <laughs> Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I made that up. <laughs> Been there many a time. Ooh, that's a... That looks... The river where I was born. <laughs> <laughs> In a van down by the river. Perfect. Oh man! Cheers, guys! Cheers! Well, and a big on. cheers to Brandon, man! You won the E Cup. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. We got, we got the <laughs> champ in the house. Not only did you win it, you won it, inspired by Geo with that chip in in the last goal. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, I don't know. I really didn't feel like I was going to be able to to do very much. I mean, I think I talked about it going into that game. Like, I really felt like I was the underdog a little bit there. I was okay with that. Like, it's FIFA. It's a tournament. You know, like, there's no sense in being, like, crazy nervous about it or anything like that. Like, I kind of felt like this guy was – he was really solid, really really good player. I was like, hey, listen, what happens, happens. And then yeah. that happened, and I was like, 
And I just, <laughs> I, I looked, I watched the video back later and it was just it made me laugh so hard because, you know, I saw it posted on Twitter. So I went back and watched it. And uh, <laughs> all I said was, there it is. And it was just like, yeah. that. <laughs> it was just like that. I'm literally, I chipped someone to win the national championship. And all I said was, there it is. Like that. <laughs> I was going to tease you about that too. That's like, that's a, and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, he was really good. And that was, it was a really tough game. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had never done anything like that before. And in fact, I wasn't planning on doing it. Geo was like, hey, you should join this. We have an extra spot. And um, I think you could do really well. I was like, I don't know about that, uh, but sure, whatever. You know, it's like Friday or Saturday nights for 15 minutes. Why not? Yeah. And sure enough, next thing I know, uh, I am the champion of the division. So um, it was pretty fun. I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Hopefully I can win again next year. Yeah, you got to defend that title. Yeah, now I have yeah. to come back. Yeah, you don't have a choice. It's not peer pressure this time, <laughs> unlike the first time. Defending my honor. When you won and you started celebrating, was your wife just like, okay? She was in our bedroom, like, uh, like so she goes to bed really early because she's in nursing school. Yeah. And so she gets up really early in the morning. So she had, like, brown noise playing in the bedroom. She couldn't hear a thing. And I, like, run in there. I'm like, I just want – she's, like, like half asleep. Like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. She's, like, <laughs> like hardly able to, like, comprehend what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, she was, she, she was a little caught off guard by my running and antics, but up until, up until I ran into the room, she had no idea what was even happening. She was like almost passed out. So, yeah. (laughs) So do you think the field should expand next year? Hmm? Do you think the field should expand next year? Well, I don't know. I thought. I thought that we had a really good group of players last year. I think part of the reason the group that we had, let's say last year, I meant this year, part of the reason that our group was a little bit smaller is because it was the old gen uh, consoles. That was that was the main reason that uh, we were we were all playing in that division. I think um, maybe not. Maybe I was the only one who could. I, that's the only console I have, so that's the only reason I play in the old, in the division too. But. Um, yeah, so I think that was part of it. There, there weren't as many people who are using the old gen consoles still. I think it would be cool, but um, they'd probably have to redo the format, just especially as time goes on. Uh, if they do move to new gen, it would be really cool to see kind of that first division and second division kind of expand for sure. So we'll just see how they, I guess, how the market goes for Xboxes and PlayStation 5s and <laughs> if they decide to change it up next year or not. Is that how the divisions were decided? Whether what generation of system you had? Technically, I know some people were in certain divisions just because they wanted to be in one. Um, like I think some people were in second division just because they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it was new gen, old gen. You could not play new gen in the second division. So oh, okay, yeah, you had to play with an old gen console. So um, I don't know if some people were just doing second generation because they wanted to. Uh, or I mean second division because they wanted to, or if they were all doing it because of old gen and not really, not a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah. And you're on Xbox. Yeah. And that was, oh my gosh, 
it made me so mad. And it's the cross play is not fun. It's really slow. Yeah. And so adapting to that was kind of tough. Um, just making sure that that I uh, set up in a way that would would be beneficial to not having a lot of time. You know what I yeah. mean? Because everything feels like it's on a delay. So luckily that last game, it didn't feel like that at all. Like I, I felt like I was playing a normal game, but for most of the tournament, it was it was kind of frustrating. I felt like I was like drinking a, cho- a, a chocolate chip cookie dough milkshake and like there was a piece of chocolate chip cookie dough stuck to the straw. So you're just getting like a tiny bit through. Oh, yeah. the game. It was, oh my gosh. Um, but, and I know part of that is just, that might have been my Xbox too, because I'm streaming through my Xbox and playing crossplay with someone on PlayStation. So very well could have just been me and everybody else is like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, that was the toughest part was trying to overcome that sometimes. There were times where I was literally like, okay, like I've got to anticipate <laughs> what feels like an eternity ahead here. Yeah. So, yeah. It worked out though. Um, and here I am as a champion so i thought they were i think the the final was either tonight for the first division or tomorrow i think i think you're right i think it's yeah i think you're right it's either tonight or tomorrow i can't remember I thought it was supposed to be tuesday but i haven't seen anything about it so maybe it's tomorrow now um i don't know but that one's gonna be crazy i can't imagine playing either of those guys like they're insane yeah like there was a some geo jokes to me about saying like I should do like a I should request a super cup and I'm like man that guy beat somebody like 15 to zero like three games ago like no thank you I think I'd rather <laughs> 21 to zero um <laughs> so yeah I don't know we'll see but uh I think now I think one of them even like I don't know if, I don't think he's professional or anything like that but he's he seems like he plays in a lot of tournaments so um the guy from Lane United okay yeah he's plays in a lot of tournaments i think so uh and then the providence guy's just fantastic but yeah yeah. so it should be that should be a really exciting uh game to watch and that's on new gen so um it'd be nice and high def too yeah there's a a lot of uh big names within the league one community that are involved with the e-cup i mean obviously you're involved with it uh geo obviously he's involved um, Evan Warwick up at Ford Madison, he's involved. Um, it's cool to see that there are so many League One, you know, people, recognizable, you know, names that we see all the time on Twitter and social media and everything that are involved in it and um, being successful with it too. Yeah, no, it was really, it's really cool. I mean, because that's that's the fun of it, right? Is like you meet people through it. You know, I'm still playing uh, games with people because of it. You know, I'll play friendlies or whatever and. Um, you just you get to know a lot of people that way and you know just hanging out and playing people with them and there are so many people who have kind of got either gotten into the league one space or like um you know have become more recognizable in the league one space just be, even because of that you know like that's that's how evan got his job right yeah <laughs> like with four minutes through that yeah so yeah. like it's just cool stuff like that where um the power like the power of lower league soccer is just really cool because you get to see those those connections develop in real time and um i think that's that's one of the i i hope it continues just because 
for me, even as someone who wasn't necessarily affiliated with a club in terms of like for the tournament or whatever, just because I joined at the last second, um, you know, I still felt like I was like getting a lot of, you know, getting a lot of friendships and things like that. And uh, it'd be really cool to see more League One clubs kind of jump into that space and create some create something with the supporters telling more stories and things like that that would create just a a richer fan culture and i think i think clubs like madison and greenville are doing a really good job with that and so even yes you know union omaha is jumping into that a little bit as well so um that'll be exciting as that expands more hopefully it it does continue i don't there was talks about if it was the last one or not so hopefully it's not oh really last one oh i hope not there was a there was I don't know if that's true or not. There was just like, they had kind of teased it and then teased the opposite like three weeks later. So I really don't know what the heck is going on. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) at one second, it was at one point it was like, I don't know, this might be the last one. And they're like, Oh, maybe not. So. (laughs) Yep. Sounds about like league one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're doing uh, tactical Tuesdays uh, with, Walking 90, is that right? Or are you still doing that with uh, League One Review, your site? But a little of both. Uh, yeah. I'm working on something right now. It kind of morphed away from Tuesdays uh, just because I wanted to give myself more time to watch the game um, and, you know, kind of just go over it and make make video. Uh, but, yeah, so, no, every other week, so I'm going to release another video this week uh, actually about the North Carolina um, Lexington game this week. Yeah. Uh, there was some really interesting stuff in there, and so um, – I think I'm going to talk specifically about a couple of players instead of just the performance as a whole. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's every other week I'm going to be doing that with, with walking 90 and, and all my own stuff as well. Uh, my plan is to start eventually getting in a lot more content soon. I've got some stuff with uh, Richmond that I've been working on just thinking through their game recently and kind of some of the struggles they've had, um, you know, both offensively and in the midfield, but, uh, and kind of where they go from here, uh, just, you know, I, but I already kind of talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So I've been kind of holding off on it a little bit and also yeah. trying to give them more time to gel before I, you know, go to dive too far into that. Cause it may just very well be, you know, Ethan Bryant. That's a, that's a big hole to fill. So mm-hmm. yeah. in the midfield. So um, it may just be that Justin Suko needs time to kind of gel with everybody. And I mean, he's played pretty well, but uh, I yeah. definitely think that there's been an adjustment period. So, yeah, he had a, a pretty good performance this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I th- it was definitely the best one so far. I thought that the one against the first game against Charlotte, he just looked a little out of place and not, yeah. not it's just, yeah, just a little all over the place. And I think that's first game stuff. I think he put everyone... in a lot of cardio uh, that night, but didn't have a whole lot of, you know, statistical output. No, yeah, he ran a lot. That's, uh, I mean, I remember it was, I thought it was funny. I'd watched that game like four times and uh, I only listen with, no offense, Ross, I only listen with the commentary like half the time. Yeah. Um, And so like, I'll listen to it. Like, I think I watched the game four times total. Um, And, but obviously on like double speed. And that's why I don't listen to commentary because it's like, yeah. makes sense um, but when i listened when i was watching to it watching it in regular speed he makes the joke that like he hadn't called justin suko's name like all game and like suddenly in the 81st minute he was like oh and there's justin suko um <laughs> by the way um so yeah that was 
I think he'll grow into it, but it'd be really interesting to see how Dalgamero does too. If he, it looks like they kind of see him as a, you know, Vignoles understudy, but yeah. uh, it'll be really interesting to see if they kind of try to shoehorn him into the other, the other side as well. I definitely, I see where they're coming from in terms of being a Neil Vignoles understudy, but I'd be really interested to see him both play. He has plenty of scoring capabilities though. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may not always be the facilitator like Vignoles, but uh, he could end up, you know, playing even as like a number 10 at some point. For sure. No, I thought, I th- yeah, I think he's fantastic. It'd be really interesting to see him yeah. get more, more game time this year. Hopefully he will. Yeah. Yep. And if you don't follow uh, Brandon on uh, Twitter or any social media, he uh, has, he runs League One uh, Review. So if you're on social media, go follow those accounts and check out his content because he has plenty of really good stuff. Let's see, I can edit my name. Uh, I'll do the one. <laughs> if you're watching live, I am literally changing this while we're doing this. So there we, we go. go on the fly. Uh, yeah. So and are go. you still doing some uh, consulting work or whatever with uh, Minneapolis City? I am, yeah. So I do uh, performance and data work with Minneapolis. We're working primarily with the academy right now. With uh, so with Carl Craig coming in, um, you know, obviously he's 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 got some people that he's brought along as well. And so we've got a uh, a guy that uh, kind of came in with him, and we've been working with him to kind of develop a, a just kind of like almost like a pathway, uh, yeah. kind of creating. Um, data and performance pathways from the the future squads to um to the first team and so thinking through that um thinking through that process and starting specifically this year with the futures uh to kind of walk through our game plan get it can you know reevaluate what we did last year kind of get it right again this year as as the future squad plays this spring and then uh, we'll see where the summer takes us so yeah i sure am right now yeah Man, it's it's so awesome to see you doing so much, and um, I don't know, man. All the content that you you have, the the thoughts that you have, the insight. I mean, it's so cool. So uh, having you on the show tonight is just it's it's really really awesome. And like I said in the in the tweet that I sent out, it's it's long overdue. All long overdue. We've been a big fan of yours for a long time. So uh, thanks for for stopping by and joining us. I appreciate that. I'm a fan of y'all too, so I'm glad I got to be here. Um, I really love y'all's work, and so and y'all are y'all are I mean, a staple, you know, for the league. So, um, you know, I'm glad I'm really glad to be here. Thanks, thanks. We appreciate well, that. Yeah. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into some of the week three action and get some of the uh, insights right, right from the master himself. Um, so we did have the first match on Saturday between Richmond and Charlotte. We kind of talked a little bit about Richmond. Uh, huge attendance there. Yeah, um, that was crazy. Yeah. Hold on and I love how, even though everybody is is over on the one side of the stadium, I mean, having everybody there on the same side, you get that a more cohesive, you know, not only image of everybody in the stands, but their effort to cheer on the team and everything. It's not spread so thinly around the entire stadium. I, I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. There's definitely a right way and a wrong way to do that. And, uh, uh, Richmond's perfected it. I mean, really they've, they've, 
made the absolute best of a situation that could be bad. And, yeah. uh, you know, just because you could be negative about a stadium, you know, the way it is, just like, you know, not being able to use all of it. But, like, they they crush it. And they make yeah. that place loud. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's cool. Yeah. And, Brian, is that was their attendance, is that their, their maximum capacity at City Stadium? Uh, I believe the 6,000 is um, max capacity. But I'm um, listening to... Yogi um, talk on the the Richmond Kickers podcast that everybody on that one seemed to think it was more than six thousand people there. So that might be their official capacity, but um, they said even it was even bigger than what they saw last season at the end of the season. So, yeah. and we knew from last season that they absolutely sold that place completely out for the last few games of the season. So, um, yeah. good on them, man. I mean, six thousand people that blows away their average from last season by like 2,500 people. So sure. Uh, Richmond is one of those clubs that if they consistently get that number, they're going to be heads and tails above the whole rest of the league. Mm-hmm. And Easily. I mean, yeah. being around as long as they have too, they, they have the fans and supporters that'll do it. So if the team gets kind of on an upward, another upward trajectory this season, you could really see them, pulling out all the stops to make that happen. It was yep. really cool to hear them talking about how it felt like they were, t- like the fans feeling like they were turning a corner. Like that's just a really cool thing to hear um, just from a fan perspective, like that, that everything feels like it's kind of growing and almost nostalgic in a way where, you know, that club's been around for, it's historic, been around for so long that now it feels like almost like the, the golden days, which is really mm-hmm. cool to hear. Yeah. And, Richmond Fire Department, if you're listening, it was exactly 6,000 people. There wasn't an extra soul there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever the fire marshal says, that's what it was. 6,000 exactly. (laughs) Not an extra soul. Nope. I keep, so I have a buddy who just moved to Richmond um, and he moved there from, oh, he was living here in Nebraska, but moved out to Richmond with his girlfriend. And I keep telling him, like, man, you got to check out the kickers. And he's a big soccer fan, too. And I just I keep teasing him so badly because of the fact that he's missing out on this awesome soccer team that is in your town. Like, he's only a 15, 20 minute drive away from the stadium and he could be going to these matches and he's not going. Mm. So I'm going to keep giving him shit until he goes. Yeah. After- you heard it here on the podcast. If you live in Richmond, we're going to drop his address. <laughs> head on over pick him up take him to the stadium send him letters give him tickets put tickets in his mailbox there we go. yeah there you go so even though they packed the stadium with you know six thousand fans exactly i i feel like exactly yeah i feel like richmond kind of started off a little slow in that match mm-hmm. yeah it feels like they've been starting slow. I mean, especially against Charlotte, but yeah, the past three games in general, felt like mm-hmm. they kind of started slow against Greenville too. They tried, they tried their little switch, their switch out to the left side over and over and over again at the start of the game against Greenville, but uh, yeah, it really felt like they've been slow the whole season. Yeah. Well, I mean, the left side is where I would say their greatest strength is. I mean, the the whole left side i mean you have hornsby vignoles and belmar i mean that's a hell of a lineup one right after another so i i can 
I can't blame them at all for trying to switch the ball over to the left side all day long. Right. Oh, for sure. And for some reason, they're just not able to, I don't know if it's, maybe it's predictable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, against Greenville, it was, they were really trying to test Daniel Wu early. Um, I remember sitting there watching that game. I was, I was in the stadium just like, what the heck? They're, they're like, basically bullying this kid on his debut like (laughs) giving him all the work and uh, i mean he handled it really well like but it was just one of those things and i feel like against charlotte though this week and the week before they like didn't have the space to do that Mm -hmm. hardly at all no it was getting shut down so quickly and i mean it goes back to exactly what you said brandon i mean everybody in the league knows that that's where they're going to try to attack because that's where their greatest strengths are so it's almost like playing the um, playing the switch in baseball. I mean, you know somebody favors one side, you're going to move to that side to try to defend it. So Richmond's going to have to come up with some way to either disguise their their stuff a little bit better or figure out how to make attacking through the middle or that right side at least part of their attack. They can't just make it all about coming down that left side and, and sending it upfield and hoping Trezaghi's there somewhere. I mean, that's, but they've gotten away with it in the past too. So, I mean, they don't necessarily have to go away from it. They just have to figure out how to make it work. Well, when you had someone like Bolaños who was able to, you know, carry the ball up the field and progress so well, like you didn't have to launch it long. You could launch it short and he's just going to be the automatically the best winger in the league. Who's going to carry the ball forward and, and get it into a dangerous spot so that, you know, Uh, Matthew Bentley can be on the the back post, but that's not going to happen with Belmar as much. Mm -hmm. Man, Belmar is fun to watch. Sure, man. I I feel like the the whole time I'm I'm watching Richmond matches, I'm just like, where's Belmar? Where's where's Belmar? (laughs) And he's really good at drifting around. Like, yeah, I thought that was uh, you know. He's definitely different than Bolaños, right? Like, not not at all the same type of player, but like he's I, almost only scarier because he just pops yeah. up and you're just like, oh crap! Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a green boy. He's like, oh crap! Like, nope. <laughs> and same thing against Charlotte. I mean, that that cross into the into the box that was Belmore, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah Belmore. They crossed that ball into the box. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah, he just turns real quick, and I'm getting a little ahead of us, I think, but. You know, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, and Brian, you were mentioning uh, how Richmond may have to design some sort of a bait and switch. Well, Charlotte mm-hmm. did that against Richmond because Dane Kelly, once again, the man you think would score the goal, actually provided the assist. And in the 13th minute, he provided the assist for Clay Dimmick. That was a good run, though. I mean, yeah, crazy good run from Clay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. <clears throat> that's that's kind of the the thing with Charlotte too, though. I mean, it, all season so far, you would think that the top scorer is going to be the guy that they're going to point out, but the pieces that they brought in, what they did in scouting is is kind of amazing because they have these guys that are playing so well off of each other so early in the season that any one of those front guys can score <clears throat> and can score quickly. So... um Obviously, I mean, you bring in somebody like Dane Kelly, people are going to key on that. So I wonder if that's more of doing that, keying on Dane Kelly, and then these other guys are just able to get the ball into dangerous positions and put it away. 
Yeah, he has that sort of gravity to pull players out of position and allowing others to exploit that space. Because um, he's earned it, I mean. Yeah, yeah, with a player like Dan Kelly, you can't give him space. And if you try to play zone on him, he's going to hurt you. If you play man-to-man, one of his teammates is going to hurt you. So, yeah, it's it's a win-win for Charlotte, but it's it's a lose-lose for the opposition. Yeah, it's they're they're one of those teams where before the season I was like, I could see them again doing the same thing. They score a hundred goals and you know concede ninety five. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah, or ninety nine even. But like, yeah. oh my goodness, so far it is just like you're saying. Like they have so early in the season they have looked so well drilled. It is, I mean, it's miles better than last season defensively. Just as a group, they look better defensively forget like individual players, but just like defending together. They're so much more compact and structured. Um, Spielman's been crazy too. I mean, that's another one of those where you see how often really talent and not to say that Nice is a worse league or anything like that, but how many players fall through the cracks, right? Like that he was playing in Nisa. And um, I think, I think we're going to see a lot more Nisa players coming to league one just because of the the whole pay structure thing. Um, not that it's a worse league or anything like that, but it's just like, they're really talented players who, you know, many people just don't know about. No one, I don't think very many people from Charlotte knew who Nick Spielman was before three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he looks like one of the most solid defenders in the league right now. Yeah. And I don't know. I think, I think he's going to be one to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be Jake Dangler levels of like, like defensive prowess, but I think he's going to be another one of those players where like, dang, Nisa's is a lot better than we thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Chattanooga. I mean, they have so many Nisa players and there were so many questions about Chattanooga coming in. I mean, you have a Nisa coach, you have a bunch of Nisa players coming in. I mean, for people who are familiar with lower league soccer, but may not be watching Nisa, it's a huge surprise to see all these players and even the coach coming in and playing the way that they are. You're, you're looking at Chattanooga thinking, ah, oh, this could be interesting this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think just because it's it's something we just haven't recognized or noticed, um, it's easy to be like, it's easy to dismiss it. But yeah. when you actually see them play, and it's, it's easy to dismiss it, especially because there's so many jokes about Nisa mm-hmm. from Nisa people, but you don't realize they're making those jokes not because of the, it's in spite of the level of play right like yeah it's it's the organizational checks or exactly it's about the organization it's about the administration not because of the the on-field um you know uh production that you know and everything that's happening out there i mean those players are man they're showing up Mm -hmm. indeed well after that 13th minute uh goal for for charlotte um, we did have a response from Richmond in the 25th minute when Owen Gordon scored off an assist from Carlton Belmar. There he is, Belmar getting into it. Um, yeah, it was a great end swinger uh, into the box that uh, he was able to finish. Just a great goal. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of made me mad. I was like, they gave him a, a little too much space. Yeah. To, I mean, like, my guy was squatting. My guy was squatting in the box. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, <laughs> it made me a little mad. I was like, you, you've you been so good defensively, and then you got Owen Gordon 
squatting down three feet tall in the box right now, and he scored a header. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Owen Gordon is not one of those guys that you look at him like, okay, yeah, we'll give you space. That's that's not what no. you do to him. No. Oh, I I texted Geo like immediately. It was like that goal. I'm like I'm not even a Charlotte fan. And I was just like that goal made me mad. Like <laughs> <laughs> that goal made me so mad. Speaking no, of Geo, we got uh, we got Geo putting some comments in the chat here, <laughs> calling you the new FIFA king. It's love true. that. We need to get you one of those big. You know how like college football they have like the big thick like gold chains. Yes. We need to get one of those for you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Show off the the LSU trash talk. Do a little bit of that. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine doing that after. (laughs) Jeez. If I win, if we have a super cup and I win, I'll do it. (laughs) And the thing is, I definitely wouldn't win that. So I don't have to worry about that. Gio also says it's Ted Lasso time with the wife. But I love you guys, and the sequels are better than the prequels. Dude, and the last I, Jedi is the definition of cinema uh, that only the Barbie movie can compare. I'm so happy mm-hmm. I came back in right on that. That's perfect. Yeah. No comment. No comment. Uh, yeah, no comment. <laughs> I was at work today, and my phone was like constantly like buzzing in my chest because uh, I had it in my pocket. And when I finally went to break and I looked at my phone, it was just Twitter of. Uh, Brian, you and Gio going back and forth about Star Wars. Holy moly. I was on on break, dude. You know, got a little extra longer breaks. We were pulling wires in today, so had a little extra time. Once I had my time, I saw it too. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Oh, we got Tomas in Tomas Tubin coming in. Hello, guys, listening from Argentina. And Brandon, he uh, likes your shirt as well. That's right. Oh, here we go. I forgot it's backwards. (laughs) Tomas is Arsenal through and through, too. So is my brother. It's the only way to be. It's the only way to be. Mm. Mm. I didn't say that last season. I I was often crying. Yeah. Uh, this year, I'm going to be confident. Yeah, the ro- the roles are reversed a little bit this season. So, <laughs> and to uh, think they were close to letting them go. Right. That was that was the craziest part. Like you could tell there were things that were brewing, but it was just really slow. And I was, it looked like they were going to let Mikel go for a hot minute, but. Mm-hmm. It looked like it. It sounds like they never thought about it, but from the no. outside, it looked like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad it didn't. Mm-hmm. We got Zach joining us too. Zach, how's it going, man? We're, we're global now, according to Zach. So perfect. <laughs> and then, uh, so we were just talking about Spielman. Um, he was actually the goal scorer for sec, uh, for Charlotte's second goal, mm-hmm. assisted by Miguel Ibarra. Man, Miguel Ibarra. I'm a big fan of this guy. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of him last season, and oh, yeah. Great he's player. just yeah, he's just carrying that momentum again this season. Mm-hmm. Good, good player. Yeah, I mean that's the crazy thing about Charlotte. You look at him and you're like, how the heck do they have all these players? Like, yeah, it's just incredible. They're ridiculously 
stacked. Yeah. I mean, in just about every department. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, just even in this match too, it, they just looked like the overall complete better team. They looked way more composed. They looked way more confident playing out of the back. They looked way more confident on the ball. And their passes were just crisper. And it, I don't know, man. It's, this Richmond Kickers team right now does not look like the team that played last season. Obviously, no. losing the pieces that they did is a huge thing. But there are some guys that were still on the squad last season that are still there. But it's not, for some reason, not clicking with them right now. Yeah. It's still early. Um, but that, no, I think you're definitely right. I think they're going to have to make some changes. I mean, it doesn't, it, at this point, it doesn't seem like it's a, you know, uh, some of it is rust maybe, mm. but there is a lot of it too, where they're doing a lot of the same things they were doing last year. And it's just, you're, I think a lot of it, you're right there. There isn't crisp enough. I mean, they, they were really incisive last year and they have not been, been yeah. a lot less so. And so, and that's part of it, but they're definitely going to have to try something different. And if you thought that Richmond started the match slow, uh, they finished the, the match even slower. I mean, their productivity mm-hmm. in the second half was like slim to none in the second yeah. half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. The... Maybe that, it was the, the lightning short. delay that got them. Yeah, the two hours of no productivity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just come back for the last 10 minutes. Just nobody wants to be there at that point. Just match has already been over for two hours in their books. So yeah, that's that's the worst part about those uh, those delays is having to deal with that last 15 minutes. of mm-hmm. Your legs yeah. are already exhausted and you've been sitting still for two hours. And I can't imagine after all that in the rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I saw that Yogi went home. I think I saw that Alex went home. And so then you go home and you're watching and you're just like, why did I stay up to watch the rest of this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fine watching on TV. All the other matches got over. And then as soon as yeah. all the other matches were over, I just clicked on over. I think two, three minutes later, that match finished. So yeah, it was fine. Yeah. And Brian, you were trying to, um oh what was was it this one that you were telling somebody about well they've already got the the result in hand because mm-hmm. they've already yeah they passed that threshold which i think it's yeah. i don't remember what it was like 70 something minutes and it's considered a a full match so mm-hmm. um yeah i think it was the charlotte um supporters group was saying oh they're trying don't try to take our win away it's like no you guys are already passed you're fine <laughs> We yeah. went through it last year with the Union Omaha and Madison. I think, yeah, ours was like 63 minutes in. It was like a couple minutes short of a full match, technically a full match. So, yeah. Huh. That was a crazy storm, too. Yeah, it, had, it just monsooning, just out of nowhere, lightning hit. And then as soon as I started clearing the stadium, it started monsooning down. So I stayed in the stadium too. Um, that was the, the most ridiculous part. My friends and I stayed probably for another hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And we were just hanging out beside or behind one of the, uh, the concession booths mm-hmm. and we were underneath one of the awnings. So, I mean, we were dry, 
except for when the the rain was going sideways that's when we yeah. were really getting it but <laughs> yeah um yeah we were having fun it was a fun night nonetheless mm-hmm. i went and hit and drank in the jack daniels club so oh you were one of those lucky bastards <laughs> yeah Man, i saw them so i saw people trying to run in and they were like pushing people out because mm-hmm. people were trying to get in oh yep. you were one of them mm-hmm. Man. well it's because i always stop because i get if you have your season ticket, like if you're a season ticket holder, you can go into the Jack Daniels club. So I just, every time we walk into the stadium, we just stop by there in case we want to go at halftime and want to wait in that beer line, which is like two or three minutes as opposed to outside everywhere else. So we just get our wristbands right away. And then if we ever need to go in there, we can. I didn't know that. I thought you had to, I thought it was a additional price to get into the lounge. Mm-mm, no, it's only the like midline. Um, um, midline season ticket holders so i think we're like an arch 105 is uh you can get it so i think you probably have it too rich you can probably stop in and get one too well son of a bitch right <laughs> <Learn something new laughs> every day <laughs> no more beer lines no yeah. more beer lines yeah if anybody else heard that in that section that's not true about you it's just true about rich so don't think <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. And uh, oh, so one of the things that I, I noticed about this uh, match between Richmond and Charlotte is how accurate the passing was. A lot of the time when you look at some of the other matches in League One, the passing accuracy is probably in the, the 70s somewhere. But for this one, it seemed like across the board, players were in the 80s. And so there was some clean soccer happening. Um, it was just the the final third that was lacking in, in some regards. Well, and that's the thing about, I, I, I really, I'm really quite positive that I under shot Charlotte on my preseason predictions. Like, Oh, everybody did. Yeah. Well, and it's just because defense, that's the only reason, mm-hmm. right? Like no one, no one thought they weren't going to score a bunch of goals. Um, but like they are just so clean on the ball in every area, and even their even their backups. I mean, uh, Alvarez, while he is wildly inefficient, like he is one of the most fun players to watch trying to get on the ball and carrying the ball forward. He's played like twenty minutes a game or something like that, and yeah. like, those twenty minutes a game were like some of the most fun twenty minutes of a Charlotte game. Just he's wildly talented, and um, I think that it's going to be really crazy to see um, Charlotte just in general with how, how, how good they are technically and how incisive they're going to be all season long. I mean, when you can, when you can be as direct as, as they were, you know, against Richmond, um, you know, forcing them to have the ball and, and then be direct in the, in the, we'll call it the counterattack. Um, that's incredible. And in, in, in its own right, you know, forcing Richmond to have the ball is one of the hardest things to do, right? Yeah. And, um, but they did an excellent job of it, but they were still really technical moving forward. Didn't misplace yeah. hardly a thing. And speaking of, their, of Charlotte's defense, like a member of the, the defense that is going to be probably underrated for the entire season, Austin Pack, their goalkeeper. I have a feeling this guy is going to be putting up some numbers this season. Yeah. 
he's relative. He's a, I wouldn't say unknown. That's probably not fair to him, but one of the younger goalkeepers, I think, in the league. Yeah. I don't know if you know, he's got a bright future. All of Greenville's goalkeepers, um, yeah. probably the only ones that have played less realistically. Um, I don't know Madison's. Um, Madison's goalkeeper hasn't. He's fresh out of college, I think. I thought yeah. he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he's looked really solid. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard his press conference. It's a couple weeks ago, maybe hearing him talk about that first game against Richmond, just like the mentality he has is really cool too. Um, it was just, you know, making sure he gets off to a solid start and trying to, can, trying to carry that on. It was, it was really, I mean, it was a really short press conference, but it was really cool to hear him talk about the mentality he was trying to have uh, in those games, in those high pressure situations. So that was solid. Well, Brian, do you want to go through the three stars? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, the first one star. So again, top scorer, outstanding goalkeeper. <clears throat> um, oh, this one's kind of, oh, it's a little tough. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Clay Dimmick. Um, 90 minutes, a goal, three passes into the final third, three clearances and five recoveries. But it's a left back that scores a goal. That's, I mean, that should get you some recognition. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen that often. So, um, and then it's a highly influential player as our two star. Man, this is what I hate doing this live because it's, so yeah. hard to actually narrow it down, especially with the guys that are on here. Um, I'm going to go with Carlton Belmar for Richmond. Uh, 69 minutes, one assist, 81% passing, two chances created, and three recoveries, and just kind of all over the field, and just one of the shining spots in an overall lacking Richmond performance. Um, and the last player worthy of recognition, our three-star player. I got to go with Hobertuck. Uh 81 minutes, four chances created, seven passes into the final third, um, three of three on tackles, and was had only had the ball dispossessed one time and earned three fouls. But that sneaky kind of stat is that seven passes into the final third. Yeah. Um, being a forward player and playing the ball into where there, it needs to be to get goals. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. No doubt. I'll just be and, honest. I would say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, and three. And Oberton wasn't even on the, the team of the week. That's a surprising one. Mm. I mean, he's not getting the respect he deserves in the league. Definitely weird. Yeah. I I, I do think at this point, though, some of it does have to do with the fact that this is kind of a normal performance. Yeah. Like this is this is the usual for him. Mm -hmm. Like this business is usual. He's one of those players who, like, you look at him and you're like, this guy like races the level of the rest of the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And so, I mean. Well, yeah, he he probably should have made team of the week. It's almost like this is 
what what do you expect from him at this point? Like this mm-hmm. is it. This is about normal. Um, anything less than this would probably be a bad game. Um, yeah. For for Overton, especially this season so far. So, mm-hmm. um, no, he's he's been so good, and um, yeah, no, he definitely he raises the level of that team for sure. You think about Dan Kelly doing that, but I think if anybody's going to do that this season, it's going to be Overton. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I threw out some generic questions for you guys. So for Richmond, they've only scored two goals in three matches. Um, And in the outline, I threw out their next five matches. Uh, Which one do you think is going to be the catalyst that's going to kickstart their goal scoring? And I mean, just for reference for everybody at home too, it's their next five is at home versus uh noco they have a bye week then they're at tormenta um at home versus omaha then at greenville and then at ncfc that's that's not a easy schedule by any stretch um (laughs) especially like even this first this next match they have coming up against northern colorado i mean after last this this week i mean who knows what they're going to be coming into it. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. And then, I mean, for me, it based on recent performance, I mean, granted, we haven't seen really any of Omaha um, and everything like that, but Tormenta, I think is going to have to be their kind of get right game, um, especially with the slide that they've been in. But I mean, they got to figure it out quick because there's not, Granted, we're only three weeks into the season, but I mean, you cannot keep dropping points over and over while you're trying to figure it out. You got to find a way to at least get a draw. Mm-hmm. I do think this NoCo game will be interesting, just because it already seems like they've got some injuries at in no, at NoCo, and uh, both offensively and defensively. Can't hear Brandon right now. Brandon, did you mute your mute yourself? Brandon might have muted himself. <laughs> oh. Gotta love that. While he's looking at that, uh, we got a bunch of comments uh over on the YouTube stream. Um we got Connor and Zach talking about some of the smoke and pyro. Connor said during that rainstorm uh, on the night of the Madison match, he stayed the entire time. He walked back to the office behind Warner Park uh, with Peter, the the GM of the the club, uh, to get out of the rain. And he says that Peter said something along the lines of, I'm going to have to sleep here tonight. Yeah, (laughs) I don't, I don't, yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. Alex Ashton says Oberton was a beast. Yeah, he was a beast. He is a beast week in, week out. Yeah. Dude is awesome. So much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then Tomas uh, says Omar Sis is a great player. He's 21 years old, but play, but during the game, he looks like he's 31 or he's 30. Very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Totally true. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. 
I have a little wireless head headphone that I was messing with. I didn't realize oh. when I tapped that it connected to my computer. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? Everything got so quiet all of a sudden. Because <laughs> it was coming from that little tiny headphone. Nice. Oh, me. I don't even know what I was saying anymore, but. Anyway. And then the generic question I threw out for you guys for Charlotte, um, you know, basically they've won two out of their three first matches. Can they keep the momentum? I mean, can they keep the momentum with, with the guys that they have? Yeah. I mean, they can. Um, I think for me personally, I'm only going to start buying into Charlotte when I see them, their defense play to this level that they did in this match week in and week out. Because there were swaths of last season, too, where they looked really good. But then the next few weeks after that, their form would drop back off. And then it would pick back up. So until I can see Charlotte be consistent, I don't I don't know what to make of them. So I don't know if they're going to be able to keep the momentum. They should be able to, in theory. But, yeah. you know, with this league, you just never know. And if you look at their next five, they have some defensive matchups coming up. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to see that. I think it'll be really interesting to see if people can kind of pull them out a little more. I think that'll be the big thing because right now, I mean, even, I mean, Tormenta had the majority of the possession and a red card. You know what I yeah. mean? Like in that game, they had the majority of the possession. Um, they've done a really good job of letting others, like just being compact and tight and just being incisive in the counter. And I think the key is can they adapt when that doesn't come off? You know what I mean? Um, which I think they can, obviously. They have players to do it, but. And I mean, that's, they're kind of just following the model that was put forward by all these other teams that have won the league the past few years. I mean, that's exactly what Greenville does. That's exactly what Omaha did. That's, you know, that's exactly what Tormenta did last season. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good model to follow. It's just, you have to be able to trust your defense. And I just, don't know if I can trust Charlotte's defense enough to do that. Yep. We'll see. That'll be the that'll be the kicker. Is it? That's that's the million dollar question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can they make? Can they keep it? Can they keep it going in the long run? Yeah. Because right now they look unstoppable. All right. Let's move on to the next match. Uh, I know this one's going to be near and dear to uh, Brandon's heart because he's writing some some quality stuff about them. He's going to release some of that content. We don't want you to give away everything that you're going to be throwing into that content, but we can discuss it a little bit. Uh, this is going to be North Carolina versus Lexington. Uh, how does that attendance match up to their previous attendance? Uh, so their attendance is 1,423 for that match, and their average is 1,900 roughly, so a little bit under. Okay. Um, but in the but ballpark, that could be spring break too, right? Because Cary, North mm-hmm. Carolina, has some college population there too, don't they? Mm-hmm. It's just outside Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I heard there's a big concert there too, like a festival. Oh, that'll do it too. Yeah. All those T Swift fans. There, I'm sure there's a big crossover. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be. T Swift for sure. Well, Brian, I know that you mentioned this in, uh, I think you were chatting with 
um, Tyler on Twitter when you were talking about Lexington looking like the better club for most of the match. Mm-hmm. Five minutes in, they got their first goal. Um, yep. Khalid Balligan got his uh, goal assisted by Tate Robertson right there in the middle of the box, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that was <clears throat> just the run that was created by that, too. I mean, it that's exactly what I was talking about when I, I was talking to him about it, just them looking better. It's those points with Lexington, they have those parts where they look really good and really composed. It's just they can't put those back to back to back to back. It seems like they'll do that for 10 minutes or so, and then their form will drop. And then they'll pick back up and play at a really high level again, And but then it'll drop even lower than it did the first time. And it just, they're a really frustrating team to watch because you can see that the pieces are there and that they know what they're doing. It's just putting it together, which, again, we're so early in the season that could be the biggest part of it is they just haven't had time to gel, but it's very frustrating to watch Lexington and know that they are better than they are playing. Well, I think that's the cool thing about them too, though, is like everybody was like, Oh, you know, Lexington's got a bunch of unknown players mm-hmm. coming in. most of them never played in the league. Uh, and the players that do have in the league and you got Don smart, and Kalen Fox, and you're just like, ah, I don't know. You watch them play, and they're they're tough. Yeah. I mean, Tate Robertson. Oh my gosh, that's another another Nisa player who you're like, that guy can ball. Yeah. That guy can ball, and he just play. He can play anywhere. I mean, center mid, right back, right mid. I he's gonna be one of those players again, or you you look back and like that. He's gonna be a key player, and so. Um, yeah, and then obviously, beautiful goal by Balgun. Um, oh yeah, perfectly timed run. You can't you can't get mm-hmm. any better. It's one of those things where you you look at Lexington and you know, like you were saying, you know that at some point this season they're probably going to outdo everything that we thought they were going to do. And I think it's it's going to be again, it's going to be good for League One. It's going to be good for Nisa as well. I think just to showcase again more even more talent that that's out there um, that people have been doubting. Yeah. And less than 10 minutes later, Lexington suffered a own goal from Owen green. And when you look at uh, Tyler's Twitter, I think he said something very concise. It was just unfortunate uh, own goal from Lexington or something like that. You could just, the, the heartbreak was just oozing from those just a few handful of words in his tweet. So much pain. <laughs> So much pain. But I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about when I when I talk about Lexington. I mean, that first goal, like you said, Brandon, beautiful run, beautifully timed run and beautiful assist. Just really great, great soccer. And then not even 10 minutes later, you give up an own goal because your guy has his knee turned the wrong way. Like, just infuriating things that just... It messes with you so badly when you're watching those matches. It's just just self self induced wounds that you just hate seeing because you'd never want stuff like that to happen based on a team doing it to themselves. You want to have the better team win every time, and it's just painful. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. even like two minutes ago, two minutes before that own goal, 
Kalen Fox has the save of the season. I mean, yes. Yeah. So it's like it's it, it it gets even worse because you see like the absolute highest highs from this team, and you're like, oh my gosh, like again, these this team is so much better than we thought. Mm-hmm. And then it's just you know, it it has to just be early early on jitters. I mean, just because they look like you were saying they look so good at some points they look mm-hmm. so good against Knoxville at some points and you're just like oh my gosh like this game is going to be really tight really quickly and then you know everything falls apart mm-hmm. yep and that actually leads perfectly into a question from Alex Ashton on the YouTube live stream he says Lexington turns the league into pure chaos by June or July is that a good expectation is that a question of June or July? Because yes, they will turn it into chaos <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, I think so. I think Lexington, once they kind of figure it out completely, they're going to be one of those teams that are going to be pushing for a playoff spot. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think, I think the the bottom of the table is only going to be a few points away from a playoff position this year anyway. I, I, this is probably going to be one of the tighter tables that we've ever seen. Um, 100%. Which, it's hilarious to think about that because literally I remember last year up until like three weeks before the end of the season, people were like, oh yeah, North Carolina can make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were dead last. <laughs> I mean, just the, just think about that too. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be every single week is going to matter. So it's going to make every week that much more interesting because even the people that are challenging for the wooden spoon are going to be within four or five points of number six. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's good for the league though, because you're bringing in all these players and the closer you can get the table, the better off the league is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. League one is such an underrated league. People would, if people actually watched league one, they would, have a whole new appreciation for soccer, like lower division soccer. doesn't matter if you're a soccer fan. Tune in into League One. Oh, man, it's just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tomas in the comments, uh, going back to North Carolina, he says, it seems that uh, this year's North Carolina is prepared to be one of the protagonists in the league. Yeah, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. And then he also says, and with respect to Lexington, I feel that the team has good material but needs to work on certain game situations. It's difficult when a player, uh, when it's a totally new team, Balogun is an interesting player. There's a lot of good insight there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes back to exactly what you two were just saying. In certain game situations, they need to kind of clean things up. And once those the, the teeth of the, the gear you know, start to fit together, and really start working together. Oh man, they're going to click and things are just going to start taking off for that team. Mm-hmm. I think you hear Stockley talk, you know, like if it, I don't know if you, I don't know if y'all heard of the interviews, but preseason, he's just, he, there's so much clarity around what he wants to do. And you just know that when it does click, it's going to be like smooth as butter. I mean, yeah. like, like butter, like hot knife through butter. It's just going to be crazy. Yeah. And, um, it's just a matter of getting there. It's a matter of like, like the muscle was saying, cleaning up. Some they're you know just key game situations, staying calm, um, really just believing that you can pull out those wins, um, yeah. and you know not getting too desperate and inflicting you know inflicting wounds on yourself like that. So um, I think that's I think that's the key is they get desperate. They get they're like, oh, I gotta I gotta save the match. 
and mm-hmm. it's like they end up something happens you know what i mean like they just yeah, yeah causing their own problems and yep. uh, yeah and in both of the league's power rankings and our power rankings lexington is toward the bottom but there's a full recognition that like we've been saying here the past few minutes they're going to be sneaky good. And once things get going, they're going to shoot up those rankings. They're going to climb the, the actual league standings and uh, they're going to impress a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, Oh, there was also the, uh, the match winner from Rafa Mensingen in the 73rd minute assisted by Olex Anderson, man, Olex Anderson, dude, Rafa Mensingen. I mean, the, just that duo right there. Jeez, mm-hmm. just crazy. Yeah. And I think that it's so interesting because Oleg Sanderson, like, if you can convince him to shoot, you know, he's like such a high volume shooter. And I think last season it was he shot 49 times and 10 of them were on target. Like, if you can convince him to shoot, then you have a much better chance. And this is no offense to Oleg at all, but like, he, he will take a shot anywhere. And getting him in a position where he feels like he can shoot it, I think it um, honestly almost increases your chances of North Carolina scoring. What's yeah. so dangerous about Olex is that he's just such a tricky player that when you have, when he realizes he doesn't have something, I think he's better. <laughs> I think he's so much better when he doesn't have an opportunity to, to get a shot off. Yeah. Um, I mean, you see that like just that run into the channel, there's no chance that he's going to take a shot there. He lays it off to Rafa, and Rafa just bangs it home. Yep. Does what Rafa does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like you were saying, uh, I think you were talking about uh, Gordon, Owen Gordon earlier, and you were saying that how he just sort of pops up somewhere. Uh, that's the same way with Oleg Anderson. I mean, they may slot him in at a certain position, but he just has total freedom of the entire field, and he just goes for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's a very heady player. What's that? He's a very heady player, so he probably gets that by being as smart as he is. They probably let him do that because they know he's going to put himself in a good position and doesn't really need anybody to tell him what position he has to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows he can beat just about anybody, too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That helps. If you had told me last season that Olex Anderson and Rafa were going to be playing together, I'd have said, shut up. No, it's not. They're not going to mm-hmm. play together. But now that they are, like, holy crap, I can't believe this is happening. But, man, I don't want to take my eyes away because this is just too much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, I was talking to uh, I was talking to Bradford earlier this year, and it's like, how do you go from, like, I mean, literally think about it. You've got Rafa Mensingen, Shaq Adams, Olex Anderson, Jaden Cervania. Yeah. Like, those, are, those are your wingers. Louis Perez. I mean, like, those are the players you have who are your, like, your technical attacking players. And that's not even everybody. No. I mean, you got Nicholas Rincon. You got it's Maldonado. Stupid. It's it's incredible. I mean, you just look at that roster and you're just like, like, on so many levels, no way. Like, there's no way this is real. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even mentioned their actual goal, like, their biggest goal scorer, Garrett McLaughlin. I mean... <laughs> Even though he's not a winger, I mean he's he's a huge contributor to the team as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, we're just going club by club, like, holy crap, how is this happening? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. We got another uh, good comment from Alex Ashton uh, saying Lexington has more goals than Red Wolves. True. Yeah. They're definitely not awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know that there's a team in the league right now that's that's awful. I mean, no. There, there's teams that are that we're uncertain about for sure. Um, and I think at least what I'm doing, my power rankings and looking at it, that's the teams that I'm unsure about are always at the bottom because who knows? I, I can't slot them above somebody unless they beat them. So um, too many unknowns. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get further into the season because I don't want the season to end any quicker than it's already going to because I feel like I'm sitting here now and I feel like it's going to feel like a week from now and it's going to be like the last week of the season. Yep. But a lot of season left to go for sure. Oh yeah. Um, and so one thing I did want to like kind of mention too, just especially with this match it Lexington in their past couple of matches, that is a super chippy physical team. Yeah. Like they are not afraid to get into those situations where, um, they're met, kind of messing with the metal, I think, of some of these players, especially the younger players or first-time pros, because they are super physical and they. It doesn't seem like they care about card accumulation. They don't care about anything, how many fouls they get, and they just really want to attack the ball, which I think is going to eventually work out in their favor. If not, maybe come back to bite them a little bit further into the season. Being able to get that under control would be key. I mean, Delamini, that guy, I mean, ball winner, ball progressor. I mean, yeah, he's he got a yellow card, I guess, the first first week because he was he was full on, like full throttle against Knoxville, mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah. A little less so this past week, which probably for the best. But I mean, he looks like a really talented player as well. That's just gonna if he but that's one of those things where it's like first game I got that idea of like he's one of those players who's gonna have a hard time with yellow card accumulation. He did a really good job, I guess, against North Carolina. So was physical mm -hmm. but restrained. Um yeah. and was all over the place. Mm -hmm. yep. And man, I apologize to Brian. I didn't put in the uh, the candidates for the three stars here no that's good um i i think i can probably uh throw it out i just won't be able to throw any stats out but there's yeah. there's people in my mind that i have um so for the goal scorers um i'm actually gonna go with rafa mentz again um for my one star um the dude's been a proven scorer the past two years even though with chattanooga he wasn't always starting either um kind of coming in as a super sub so it's kind of interesting to see what he's doing with um with north carolina this season um so my two star a highly influential player um in my mind and it's it's a dude that i'm gonna be beating the drum on i did last year and i'm still going to kaylin fox i mean that that dude was just in a bad situation last year. A really good player on a not very good Tucson team. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean that that clearance off the line, I thought at the time saved you know saved them a point. 
because it was a wide open goal. Keeper had come out and fallen over and cleared the ball off the line as it was going in. So um, big credit to him. It's going to be interesting to watch him again uh, this season. And then the last player worthy of um, recognition, just Tate Robinson for that that perfectly led pass. Um, and that for that first goal for Lexington. I mean, you can't, you can't really put it out any better than that. Yeah. Yep. I like that three. That's, that's a good, that's a good trio. I like it. Yeah. And Brandon, I, are we getting close to your bedtime? Oh, oh, we've hit my <laughs> bedtime for sure. <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly my son hasn't woken up yet so i can hang we need to say goodbye then it might be about time for me to he- head to bed i gotta be up early in the morning so uh get that yep yeah no i appreciate y'all having me yeah oh, absolutely thank you man. for coming really on appreciate you joining yeah for sure all right y'all <laughs> y'all have fun talking about the rest of the the week and uh, i'll talk to y'all soon thanks right. See you, thanks brandon, hey, brandon. All right. So if you uh, are not following any of his accounts, uh, you can follow his, um, I think his Brandon Mays 18 on Twitter, uh, Mm -hmm. League One Review, follow his content. He also uh, shows up regularly on the Walking 90 podcast. I think he shows up from time to time on USL show. So guy is very busy, um, definitely knows his stuff. Uh, Yeah. As you can tell from, you know, his time on the show tonight, he's a, he's a great person. Um, so we were, we were lucky to, to have him on the show. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, he's one of those, one of those staple guys. I know he said that we were staple guys, but in like, in my mind, when I think of like league one personalities, Brandon's pretty high on that list. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, easily. Yeah. It was, it was awesome to get him on and kind of get his insight. It, it does suck. Um, East Coast problems, like Alex says in the in the chat. So, um, yeah, East Coast problems. But I do get the having to wake up early and everything. That that sucks. So, I have the day off tomorrow, so I don't mind staying up late tonight. I know you have to <laughs> get up early in the morning, so I'll be respectful of that, though. That's all good. Uh, so the next match was Chattanooga versus Central Valley Fuego, and man, this one I was. I was excited for this one. Yeah. Um, this is actually the one match this week that I did not get a chance to watch like full, the full thing. So I've had to settle with like highlights and then um, doing like a two times watch through while I was doing something else. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a bit there. Um, it's definitely, definitely a, not the match I thought I was going to see from these two sides. Yeah. It was another uh, defensive battle. Mm-hmm. Um, a big, big defensive battle. I mean, obviously with the scoreline of uh, Chattanooga 0, Central Valley Fuego 1, I mean, that's, you know, it's a low-scoring affair. But, I mean, looking at some of their stats and everything, yeah, I mean, it was just, man, they were – they were fighting hard the entire uh, game. And I feel like we're starting to see a trend with this year's Chattanooga, that this is the way 
that they're going to play and you better prepare when you go to the den to have like a one goal uh, game against them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially going to the den. I mean, they're just, man, they're going to be a tough team to play this season. Yeah. I mean, those supporters are fucking nuts, man. Like they make yeah. a ton of noise and um, credit to them too. Cause that stadium, I know the attendance that we have listed here is uh, 2,500 um, roughly, I think twenty five twelve is what we have, and that's a little bit over what they average. But it always looks a little bit more full than that. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's by stadium design or what, but it's always seems like there's more people there, and they do make quite a bit of noise. Um, it also seems like they're sitting like right on top of the field too. Yeah, that that stadium was built really well. Um, yeah. With, and it seems like it was built with the fan in mind because, um, yeah, they sit super close, like you said, and the seats aren't like, it only looks like there's maybe 10 rows in each of those sections. So you're sitting close to the stadium, no matter if you're in the first row or the last row. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, it's really cool. It probably doesn't trap sound too much, but those guys make quite a bit of noise, at least from what we can see on the on the feed so yeah so a little bit of off topic uh here i was chatting with kaylor hodges he does some of the the media work with uh birmingham legend or a legion uh with the championship club and i was asking him if he's going to be traveling up to chattanooga for the open cup match tomorrow night and he said lo and behold he's going to be in chattanooga so he's going to have some He's going to have some field level uh, footage from the match. Um, I think he's going to try to get some interviews in and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be very cool to see what he can he can bring to the to the mix because some of the stuff that he does down there at Birmingham Legion is is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely go and check it out because it is really cool. And so to have his footage field level you'll have that perspective of how close the fans truly are, how loud the fans truly are. That's going to be very cool stuff to, to watch and, and hear. So I'm looking forward to some of that footage. If you mm-hmm. aren't following Taylor, be sure to do that because he has some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I was just going to uh, say, just talking to your, um, your point about it being such a defensive battle and it took until the 63rd minute for them to score. Um, so, I mean, that obviously just goes to show how, uh, how crazy it was. Um, oh boy. You're going to have to help me out with the pronunciation, Rich. Uh, for the goal scorer. Yes. Oh, Ronald Cerritos. Cerritos. There you go. Okay. I get in three names. I have four names here on the one that I'm looking at. So oh, okay. <laughs> didn't know exactly which one he went by. So there we go. Um, but yeah, an unassisted run. Um, God, I'm trying to remember. Was it just a him pushing the ball forward and then being able to take a shot? I don't remember. Yeah, he separated himself and then he was able to uh, to put the ball in the back of the net. It was it was a. Uh, a good goal. Um, and his first one with the club, I think it was his first appearance with Fuego too. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. 
just so if this ad would end, I can watch it really quick and give you guys a live reaction, I guess. Five seconds. Shot, shot, save, shot, shave, shot, save, booking. And there's the goal. Okay. Oh, yeah, just a great run. Ooh, top bin that finish, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Wow. I think that one was up for goal of the week, too. Oh, it should have been because that run he started about the halfway, <clears throat> about the mid, uh, the mid pitch mark, and ran it the entire way. Split about four defenders on his way in. So, yeah, all credit there. That was that was great. Um, um from a statistical look, I mean, they these two teams were nearly identical. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's you saw the same thing when Chattanooga played Northern Colorado. So. Man, when you go to the den, it's oh, it's going to be a dog fight. Yeah, a crazy defensive battle, and it seems kind of like that's kind of what Chattanooga is going to try to hang their hat on this season. Is kind of the model of if you get enough draws, you're going to get in yeah. to the playoff, and then once you hit the playoffs, they know as well as anybody. Once you hit the playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, just look at them making the final last season. Burner. Mm -hmm proof of that so um but yeah crazy that these teams were so evenly matched and it's what they're both teams that we don't know that much about um yeah. whether it be who the players are with central valley until very recently or chattanooga it's also who the players are but at least those players and the coach have been in the system for a little bit just in a different league And it looked like Chattanooga had a little bit lower offensive production in the second half. Um, but. Uh, yep. Fuego certainly took advantage of that when they were able to score that goal. Yeah. I mean, that's just because you could like, you can tell these teams were so evenly matched that it took a, just a great run to break a deadlock. Because, I mean, there was both <clears throat> both keepers are obviously deserve a shout out here. There was quite a few saves from both of them, um, which was the same thing, which, like you said, with Chattanooga and Northern Colorado. It was just a defensive save battle back and forth. So yeah. um, I kind of tie it into the, the stars. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. The star things here, too. Um the top scorer and outstanding goalkeepers, I'm actually going to have to give it to the goalkeepers because both of them had chances um, to score goals and both of the keepers made great plays to ensure that that it was uh, as close as it was. <clears throat> yep. um, and then, I mean... Where do, where do you go for the the rest of them? Just a great defensive battle um, for both teams. They were so close. And I mean, I'm still kind of figuring out exactly XG and uh, offensive and defensive G plus, right? So, um, they're, but their numbers are so similar that it's 
these were two evenly matched teams, and like I said, it took one hell of an, a personal effort to to break this one. Yep. And if you look at Chattanooga's schedule so far, they've had two matches, haven't scored a goal, but they've only let in one. Mm-hmm. So that further shows how things are going to be when you play them. Yeah, a strong defensive team. That, that's been enough to get the job done in the past few seasons. So, Yeah. All right. Uh, you got your three stars for this one? Yeah, the I mean, the single star is going to be both goalkeepers. Um, I can't really separate those two. Um, just because the, the keeper for Chattanooga is, I mean, with a shot like that, most keepers are not going to save that unless they're seven foot tall. I mean, he was in a good position. The ball was just placed in the perfect position. Um, so both keepers are going to get the single star. Um, and then the highly influential player is, for me, is Cerritos um, for the goal because he didn't get the first one, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then, man, it's... The last one for me... Sorry, I'm looking through this... That's right now, really quick. Um, so let's give it to uh, I want to say Bijev. Uh, played eighty nine minutes. Um, just lost it too. Anyway, he, I mean, they just the whole kind of team effort here. It was everyone played that well today that it was hard to distinguish anybody. Um, but yeah, Fuego just offensively was the was the better team, so just had to give it to somebody else on <laughs> Central Valley's offense. Yeah. And then let's see, uh, we've kind of gone over, you know, some certain questions that may pop up in regarding, you know, either of those clubs. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can move on to the next match, uh, Tormenta versus Northern Colorado. Um, This one was a bit of a surprising one for many reasons. Huge, huge surprise. Uh, Did not see this one coming at all. Just And I, I texted you almost immediately. Um, that night because I noticed the the stark difference in their attendance that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so it was at Tormenta's Stadium. Uh, 1,085 was the amount of people there. Um, and actually, <laughs> funnily enough, that is larger than their average last season by about 40 people. Um, but it was, it is has been smaller than their other ones but um again being a college town it is spring break and everything still so um i'm not super shocked by that to be honest yeah but yeah this this match i 
was texting you and you and Chip about it the whole time because this is the one that I was really kind of focused in on. Um, just because I wanted to know a little bit more about how Northern Colorado would do and to see if Tormenta would kind of break out of their slump from the last match. But damn, <laughs> no, not not even slightly. Yeah. And uh, things got started in the 25th minute when Robert Cornwall uh, scored the first goal for Northern Colorado, assisted by Stefan Lukic. Man, that was just Robert Cornwall storming the box. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's <clears throat> that was shocking to see. Gosh, sorry. Um, that was kind of shocking to see from this Northern Colorado team that we did not kind of know exactly how the team was going to play. Um, but I honestly, I think even more shocking from Tormenta. I know that they have a kind of a makeshift back line right now. Um, but they just, they did not look like the team that won the title last season by any stretch in yeah. this match. Um, yep. The defenders seemed kind of like they didn't really know what they were. I don't want to say they didn't know what they were doing, but they didn't know where each other were going to be. Um, so it's hard to to uh, to stop a team like Northern Colorado, who we've seen in the past that they do know how to score. They have the players that can do it. Um, but yeah, it's just a massive letdown by Tormenta in this match. Yep. And. Uh, Norti Nortai, uh, I'm sorry, Nortai Norti. Gosh, I always screw up his name and I'm so sorry for it. Um, had an unassisted goal in the 76th minute. Yep. Yeah. And then Mark, Mark Hernandez had another unassisted goal in the 83rd minute to give him the insurance to the insurance policy. Mm -hmm. You know, what's really crazy too, um, is that Northern Colorado did this to the defending champions without arguably their best offensive player. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, Irvin Parra is not even there. And I know he actually, Irvin Parra actually pointed this out on Twitter that he wasn't there, even though he was on the lineup card for Northern Colorado. Yeah. So the league somehow screwed that one up and threw him on the card, even though he wasn't there. Um, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't there wasn't anything that you can do, I guess. But um and one thing that was I was not expecting to see from Northern Colorado because I knew they could score. Um but what I wasn't expecting them to see, wasn't expecting to see from them, was the their ability to absorb any and all pressure that Tormenta's pretty heavy offense could put on them and yeah. then just instantly hit them on a counterattack. I did not know that this Northern Colorado team was that fast to be able to do what they did to Tormenta all night long. Yep. It's, I mean, it's crazy the way that they handled the, the pressure and with the, you know, back line of Opara, Rogers, Cornwall, Rendon. I mean, they were doing a really good job. And then you have Lalo in goal. Mm -hmm. um, man. I mean, they have, they have a, a quality defense back there and, they really facilitate things moving in, in the opposite direction on offense. I mean, they, 
Eamon Zayed's got a good system there in, in northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like it's there. I mean, you saw it a little bit towards the end of last season with them, um, and it just seems like it's kind of continued. Um, just that momentum built up from last season is is carrying over. So that's that's all credit to a good coach and a good coaching staff to keep it going year after year. Yeah. And, you know, I'd say that Tormenta had the, you know, the, the advantage probably in the first 20 minutes, but then from 20 minutes on, I mean, I feel like it was pretty heavily hailstorm the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you'd see little, little switches back and forth here and there, but, um, wasn't really anything too troubling for Northern Colorado. They seem to handle it really, really well. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into the three stars for this one? And man, just you come and you pretty much punk the defending champions. You just give yeah. it to all three goal scorers, you know? Yeah. Cornwall, yeah. Norty, and Hernandez just. They can have all three of them on this one because there, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, there wasn't a whole lot going for Tormenta in this match. Um, and the craziest part is, is they had 65% of the possession. They just, for some reason could not connect string passes together forward. There was quite a bit of back passes that were going on and trying to re situate and reassess the field and it just it wasn't working northern colorado was shut down pretty hard um but i will say too there was 31 fouls total in this match 20 of which being for northern colorado and it kind of seemed like the physicality of northern colorado was a little bit too much for tormenta in this one um they seem to be getting frustrated pretty quickly and easily and that could have led to some of their um their inability to attack, I guess, or inability to want to push forward. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, are you concerned at all about Tormenta? Oh, yeah. I think so. Um, because they don't, they don't really look like the team that we saw last year. So... There's a whole lot that you're going to have to do to figure out. I mean, granted, guys coming back from injury and stuff like that is going to help them a lot. And I think they're going to be a better team once that happens. But in the meantime, you're going to have to figure out how to start getting some points and getting this team put together um, to kind of set you up for success instead of setting you up for failure. Because... I mean, it's it's fine to lose matches, but it's not fine to be even say be dominated, but be figured out so easily by the opposing side. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I and mean it. It's it's concerning for sure for Tormenta. They got to figure something out. And if you look at their next five, they have home matches. Uh, so this is not in sequential order of their their schedule but they have two home matches in the next five they have a home match against greenville and another home match against richmond and then they have three road matches against lexington one knox and chattanooga 
Oof. Yeah, that's not a fun schedule. All very physical teams, all teams yeah. that are going to test you and yeah. test your defense specifically with all of them. So, yikes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't I really don't know. I don't know what they can do at this point. I mean, it's aside from somehow finding the cure for all of their guys to be back on the field instantly. You just kind of got to ride the storm out, I guess, and try to figure it out as it goes. And we were wrong. We uh, So I said that it was uh, uh, Ronald Cerritos. It was uh, Alexis Cerritos. Oh, okay. So that's, that's my bad. Uh, Ronald is his dad. Oh, okay. So gotcha. there you go. Um, and then for Northern Colorado, let me see what their schedule looks like. Cause I want to see if they have any more surprises in store for us in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. I think they've got Omaha here before too long. I think so. And I, uh, and if that's the case, I would love to see the guys from Linners and Boozers come out to, mm -hmm. to hang out with us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all road matches. They go, oh man. Oh, never mind. I can let me scroll down a little bit further. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have they finally have their first um home match in late May, but leading up to that, they have four away matches. Oh, these are rough. They go to Richmond, to Omaha, Oof. Oof. Knoxville, Oof. and then Fort Madison. Oh man! Yeah, that is brutal. That's that's a tough schedule. That's every one of those is a the vast majority of those are almost sure ins for um, playoff potential. Um, yeah, and all being away too. That's that's tough. Um, We're going to find out what kind of team Northern Colorado is <laughs> real quick. Those are going to be the matches that they look back on uh, later in the season and think uh, either, man, I'm really glad we got those points or damn, we missed out on that one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, oh, did you see that? Uh, and so going to uh, league-wide news, did you see that they uh, named the uh, oh North Carolina and, oh, what was the, shoot, what was that uh, Darby that we were talking about? Oh, didn't, didn't they end up naming it the battle for North Carolina? Oh, did they really? I thought it was the Dogwood Darby. Oh, that Thought oh, I saw something Charlotte earlier today in North Carolina. Could have been. I could be wrong, but I thought I saw something today about it. Something being the battle for North Carolina. Yeah. Well, I hope that I hope they settled on uh, Dogwood instead. Sounds better to me, personally. Yeah. I agree with you there. There were some uh, good social media posts uh, across the league. Really, I mean, there were some funny ones. Uh, I think Charlotte had one where they were asked um, about Sasquatch leading up to their Appalachian FC 
uh, match tomorrow in the Open Cup. I thought that was pretty funny. That's perfect. You have to ask about Sasquatch playing them. I mean, when you make it a part of your club like they have and have some fun with it, I mean, you got to have fun with it while you can. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, And then we have five matches in week four, and they're all on Saturday night. Ooh. Yeah. And the 6 p.m. kickoffs, central time, 6 p.m. kickoffs are Lexington hosting Madison. That'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. And then North Carolina and Charlotte. There's your rival. Ooh, there's, yes. there's your Derby. I'm super excited to see that one, honestly. Yeah. That and might be my match later, of the week. Yeah. Could be. And then half hour later, we have Chattanooga hosting One Knox. That could be good. Mm-hmm. And Tormenta hosting Greenville. That's going to be. Oof. That's going to be tasty. Yeah. I mean, well, if. If the past few matches have told you anything, Tormenta's going to beat them. So then we'll really not know where we stand with Tormenta. Exactly. (laughs) And then your League One after dark is going to be Central Valley Fuego hosting Union Omaha. Yes. Love some after dark action. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Oh, I guess we should too. Um, Speaking of one knocks, we got to give a shout out. They did play their their U.S. Open Cup match tonight and unfortunately lost in the 120th minute. Um, shit, who are they playing? I was just watching it before Memphis I came on. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah took, them, took them literally to the wire. Yeah. Like, they, after the goal was scored, they played the ball forward, it bounced around twice, and then it got called. So, yeah. Literally in the dying seconds, tough break, but um, really encouraging to see from from one Knox to yep. take a championship side down to the wire. Yep. Yeah, I I was really hoping they were going to go to PKs. So was I. I thought it, they were going to. Um, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I know there was an injury late um, for them. They had to sub. Um, actually, Claudio. Uh, former Union Omaha player came on late for them. Um, but yeah, I wonder if that had anything to do with it because they did lose it on a on a corner kick. So um, just unfortunate that that they played so well and it seemed like there were quite a few fans there too. So um, full yeah. credit to them. There. Yeah. And you could hear them pretty well in the, in the broadcast too. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was fun to hear. That is a super nice stadium. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's Tennessee's stadium, but it is it's really nice. I really like the camera angle. It's nice up and high, but it's not like football stadium high where it's got to be, you know, a little bit higher and they can zoom in because it's a little bit slower paced. But um, great angles and everything in that stadium. And it was a a nice wide field too. I mean, it was yeah. Perfect for open play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good one. There's, but coming bringing it back to uh, League One, and there's a few really good matches in here, um, and quite a few. I think each one of these matches is kind of a gut check mm-hmm. style match. Um. As far as Lexington versus Madison, we don't know much about Madison right now. 
Um, and we know Lexington's a little bit better than a lot of people have given him credit for, as we talked about earlier. So that's going to be a tough one to predict. I don't really know how I would even begin to try to put that one together just because we don't have enough information on Madison. Um, but uh, for me, I think the highlight, if I was a 100% kit, you know, not casual, but um, just coming in as a neutral, North Carolina and Charlotte's going to be the one I'm watching. Because those are yeah. two high-powered offenses that, again, defense may or may not be a little bit suspect. So we'll see which team lets in more goals, or we'll have like a 10-goal thriller, and it'll end in a 5-5 draw. That'll be, <laughs> I'd be just fine watching that, too. Yep. Yeah, there's uh, going to be some fun matches on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose I usually give a uh, prediction, so I suppose I better. Um, Lexington Madison, I'm gonna go with a draw. Probably a two-two draw is what I'm feeling on that one. Okay. North Carolina versus Charlotte. Ooh, I'm gonna take. Uh. Charlotte two to one okay. over North Carolina. Uh Chattanooga versus one knocks. I, I after watching tonight really like this one Knox team. Um so I'm gonna go two nil for one Knox. I think Chattanooga's scoring woes continue. Greenville versus Tormenta. I think it's a little too early for Tormenta to turn around that defensive woes, but I do, I don't remember. Somebody came back and told us if, when Keziah was going to be back, but I don't think it's for this match. And you got to remember that Greenville is traveling back across the country. Yeah, that's true. Coming back from Phoenix. I'm going to go a nil-nil draw for that one. Yeah. Um uh, just too unknown for Tormenta and then Greenville with all that travel. And then Central Valley versus Omaha. Omaha 3 0. 3 0? 3 0. There's a pattern with all my Omaha picks. I was just gonna say the same thing, yeah. <laughs> that uh that Union Omaha Central Valley one makes me nervous. It does. Central Valley's Pretty good squad, and we don't know jack shit about Omaha yet because yep. we're recording this the night before their open cup match, which would only be the second time we've seen them in action. So exactly, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I'm gonna say three nil, but if I was actually picking unbiasedly, Ed, I would say it's probably closer to a one nil, and I would take Omaha over Central Valley. I said more confidence in Omaha's defense than I do Central Valley's. It'll definitely be interesting to watch. I like all those predictions. Those are all uh, good. There's not there. I mean, I, I know that we've had previous weeks where I'm like, oh, really? But mm -hmm. I think this one, like, okay, I can see those happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, I don't know. Again, we're so early picking these is also almost like picking them out of a hat too and just throwing something up. Um, but we'll see. 
I didn't do too bad last week, so we'll see if that continues or if we go back yeah. to week one. Week one Man, style. You were, you were crazy good last weekend. Here's hoping, anyway. <laughs> well, with that said, I mean, we don't have a whole lot more to discuss. We We kept that, you know, pretty tight tonight. Yep, pretty, uh, well, I mean, it helps when there's not that many matches that happened, and we had one less to talk about because Omaha and what Knox got canceled, so yep. that makes it a little bit quicker and easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, unless we had Brandon on who, who did quite a bit of talking because when that dude's on, I'm going to just let him, let him preach, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we want to send another uh, shout out and thanks to Brandon for, uh, excuse me, uh, joining the show. Um, it was fun as always to to chat with them and get his insight and um, to celebrate his his victory in the E Cup. So that was that was cool. Very nice mm -hmm. of him to join us. I know that he's a very busy guy, so for him to join us, that was cool. Yeah, that that was awesome, and it was it was really good. Uh talking to him face to face instead of like via Twitter. So, yeah. Well, with all of the open cup matches tomorrow and Thursday, and then uh, league matches on Saturday, um, there's plenty of league one action coming your way. So mm -hmm. stay tuned to us for more content. We have a bunch of content that's going to be coming out tomorrow. Um, since I have the day off, I have, I have time and freedom to, work on some projects. So you're going to see a lot of activity from us on social media tomorrow. Uh, so look out for a bunch of content from us. And uh, yeah, once the uh, the kickoffs start both tomorrow, Thursday and Saturday, I mean, just watch the streams. If you're in the stands, I mm -hmm. mean, enjoy the, enjoy the matches and just enjoy all the soccer that we can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. We will be back on. Are we going to do a Friday show? Uh, I don't think we had talked about it, but I don't think I'm we, doing we can anything. talk about that. Yeah, yeah we can I talk about that. I don't think I'm doing anything on Friday, so that should be fine. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we'll keep you guys updated if we're going to be doing um, any sort of a, a Friday call in show. If so, definitely call in, send us questions, yep. um, let your voice be heard. We want to hear from you guys. So, um, Fridays and Sundays are for you guys. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your night and enjoy your Open Cup matches and your week four action. All right. Thanks, guys.